Welcome to another episode of The Root of All Business. This is your host, Jasper, and today's guest is Jerry Abiel. Now, Jerry is a co-founder and CMO of Standard Insights, which is an AI-as-a-service growth marketing platform that enables businesses to execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns and monetize their data to find localized customers on, on platforms like Facebook. Now, in this episode, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence. We are going to talk about data-driven marketing and much more. So let's welcome Jerry. Welcome to another episode of The Root of All Business. This is your host, Jasbear, and today we have Jerry Abiog. He is the co-founder and CMO of Standard Insights, which is an AI as a self-growth marketing platform. What it exactly does, Jerry can describe it much better than I can. So first of all, welcome, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jasbear. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me on. So let's begin by, uh, today we're going to talk about AI and how it can help you grow your business. Uh, but before we kind of do that, let's, let's get to know a little bit about your, about your business, about your background as well. So, so yeah, exactly. What is exactly that you guys offer in terms of when you say uh, you offer AI as a service? Yeah. So basically, uh, we can go ahead and my background. So I've had nearly two and a half decades of sales and marketing experience. And um, it was nearly nine years ago, 2011, right? Um, that was my last corporate job. Right. And after that, I started my own business helping small software companies with sales and, and marketing initiatives. And that went well. I've had some great clients that had successful exits. But what got me here to Standard Insights was because of a failure. I was working with a client. And that, that company, that startup, imploded. Uh, two main reasons was, um, now that startup that imploded was an AI machine learning startup. And the reason that imploded, that the platform wasn't very easy to use. And the uh, founder just had poor leadership qualities. But I was there for roughly you know, over a year. But I really got to learn what was going on on a high level with AI and machine learning. So the two things I learned over there that, you know, regardless of what technology your company is going to be using, most people um, people want something that's easy to use. And B, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with regards to AI and machine learning applications. And back then, this was three, four years ago, the average person didn't really know anything about AI. Now that, you know, that's grown. I believe there was a study put out that the artificial intelligence market in five short years will be close to a $300 billion uh, industry. So, you know, uh, so as this client was imploding, the company was imploding, I obviously was, you know, kind of sad, kind of bummed. But at the same time, when this was happening through serendipitous events, I met my future co-founder. He was li he's living in India. He used to live in Atlanta. So he was visiting Atlanta. And through mutual friends, we, we connected and he was um, pitching me this idea or a prototype that he created of an AI service platform that would help businesses execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns using explainable AI. So we were talking, we were discussing over a few drinks. I'm like, okay, this seems kind of cool. And knowing what I learned from the, the previous startup I work with, I knew there were some legs to it. And this guy, uh, he used to work as, uh, for a Fortune 50 company in Atlanta 
as a technological architect. I think I, uh, but anyway, so he had this idea. I'm like, okay, I think this sounds great. This sounds neat. So uh, I, I took that idea to a outdoor retail show in Colorado. And then when I came back to Atlanta, you know, a few days later, we, I already secured our uh, first beta customers and kind of uh, things evolved from there. So when we came back to Atlanta, we got our, uh, you know, after the trade show, we got our few first few beta customers. And uh, so standard insights formed. So we rounded out our team with two other co-founders. There's four co-founders. And then we founded standard insights. And our mission at Standard Insights is to be the global standard on how successful businesses prioritize and execute their, their remarketing protocols from insights gleaned from, uh, their, from your data. And you ask me, what does our software do? So it's an AI service platform. So it's all you know, cloud-based. And we do two things for businesses. Number one, we enable them to execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns. And number two, we empower them to monetize their data to find lookalike customers on Facebook. So what does this do in a, in a nutshell? It helps your business target the right person with the right product or service at the right time to drive both top and bottom line growth. And what it does in a nutshell is helps that business or your business become more competitive in a data-driven world. Right. So, so if I understand this correctly, and people listening to this is pretty much if I'm a business, let's say, for example, if I'm selling cars, and, and uh, I want to find out uh, what people are buying, is, is that where you come and help me understand that at this moment in time, this is the type of car people are buying because of the economic, because of the circumstance, and you give me the most accurate data on the type of people buying the type of cars, is that, would that be correct? Or yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're, okay. you, you hit the nail on the head. So if you're, you know, you're selling cars, right? So you have a green and blue car. So who buys green cars? Who buys blue cars? Maybe I know you're in the UK. People in the UK buy blue cars. Maybe people here, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. So you buy blue, I buy green cars. And then we have characteristics around, uh, you know, we look at geographic data, you know, psychographic data, behavior data, demographic data. So yeah, so now we can take a look at, you know, pull the patterns and hey, uh, people in this age group that live here tend to buy blue cars versus someone over here in this age group that make that makes this income buy green cars. So in a nutshell, you're being more precise with who and who you're going to target. And when you're being more precise, the conversions uh, will go up. Right. Okay. Got it. Help me explain this, Jerry. I mean, uh, I understand this, but when but I may not know the technical differences between these two things. So what's the technical difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning? From, from what I understand is with machine learning is you have set up a system, right. which then starts to pick up trends that you have put in to p pick up. Would that be correct? Or how, how was the technical yeah, so, difference? Uh, so um, machine learning is part of the AI uh, family and artificial intelligence encompasses machine learning. And basically in a real high level, you know, AI is uh, telling a computer to think and act like a human to, uh, you know, accomplish a task. So, and machine learning fits, you know, under that. And, uh, you know, we're using different types of algorithms to accomplish this goal. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Right. Okay. 
And with a lot of, you know, uh, these days, um, AI being a buzzword and, and you know, uh, data-driven marketing and things like that. So what would you say, ex what exactly is data-driven marketing? So someone that's starting a business may not have as much data to begin with. Is that something they can, they can buy from you or uh, is that something, or you can buy from somewhere else? Or, so where does that kind of come in? What, what does that exactly mean? So for AI and machine learning to work, it, it has to have data. So typically for businesses, the, the goals of uh, businesses, number one, get new customers and to retain those customers. So we fall in with the latter part. So once you have data that we can analyze and pick through, that's where we, uh, that's where we come in. So we don't, uh, I mean, bring in the data. We already, we analyze the data that you already have. And that data comes from your current customers. Now, there are other AI and machine learning applications that can determine help you bring in new customers, but that's not us. Ours is just like looking at your you know, current data, what do you have and what's the next best course of action? Right. You know, you, you wrote, recently wrote a paper as well on, on AI-driven doppelganger marketing, the next wave of, for Facebook. So what is the kind of the next, next phase uh, in terms of when it comes to marketing? Yeah. So when you think of the word uh, doppelganger, it means someone that looks like something that's uh, not a twin. So that's how we came up with that name. So if you go into Facebook right now and you can launch ads, yes, you can uh, create your customized audience. Facebook allows you to do that. However, how we're different is when you're creating the customized audience face on Facebook, I want to ask you two things. Is that based on your best guess, or is that based on you know your best guess, or is that based on facts? For example, one of our customers, they sell shoes online, and they're about a ten-year-old company. Their uh, revenue is roughly, you know, ten million dollars, and they've got a hundred or so different products that they sell online. So right. I go, hey, yeah, you know, hey, what's their customized audience? So what we can do, we can pick through their data. We can pick through their data and tell them, hey, out of the 100 products or so that you have, these are the top selling products in each city or state. So now when you're going on Facebook to create a customized audience, you know the top products uh, that are going to be selling in London, right, or, or Atlanta, Georgia. So now it's not a guess. You're, you're pinpointed, you're precise, and when you're precise, your marketing dollars you know, goes a lot further. Sure. Okay. So it's just being just, you know, you know, more precise. I think, uh, you know, one of your last guests uh, was, I uh, forget the gentleman's name, but he, he was dealing with email marketing. He mentioned during your guys' discussion was that, hey, it's all about having a sniper-like approach versus a shotgun approach. And that was when you, during that conference, like, hey, that's the, you know, key takeaway. So when you're launching you know, Facebook ads, you want to be precise because uh, Facebook ads are getting more and more expensive. And they're also pulling back on the, the third party cookies. Sure. You know, as well. So now it's, we're, we're enabling you to take ownership of your data. I mean, you as a business owner should really know what your data is saying so you can prioritize and execute the proper campaigns. Is there a type of business where you think, um, you know, at this moment in time, AI, um, AI doesn't work as well uh, in terms of in terms of data because some businesses may not 
at the beginning may not capture as much data. So in, in which kind of businesses or industries do you think right now AI doesn't, maybe it's not the right time for them or does it apply to everyone? Uh, probably a young business. Probably a young business. In any industry? Yeah. So our platform can work. It's industry agnostic, right? So whether we started off in e-commerce and brick and mortar, we're working with some finance companies right now. So basically our platform can help any business who, you know, wants a more um, cohesive and systematic and smart way to keep in touch with their customers. And so you could be, we start off in e-commerce, you could be brick and mortar, it could be a finance, you could be a manufacturer, because if you're a manufacturer, your customers are the people you're making the products for, the, uh, you know, the retailers you're making the products for. So any business that wants, um, get to really, wants to be more precise with their marketing efforts, knowing who and what to target, knowing who and what to sell the you know, product to. Because you got businesses that could have you know, 2,000, 200,000 or, or 2 million customers. Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here's what I see a big challenge when it comes to, you know, especially since we were talking about, you know, Facebook, uh, with Facebook marketing. At the moment, someone's most likely, uh, there will, will be only a handful of organizations which will have kind of data which is as close to their ideal customer. Right. Which they then create ads for and then spend money on and get a return on it. Most people may not have a good idea, maybe 30, 40% there rather than 90 or 100% there. Correct. And they don't spend money. So as that gets kind of more, uh, more and more data gets gathered and more and more services are focused on those people, mm -hmm. does that not change someone like Facebook or LinkedIn or Google, their algorithm to, to start a bidding war, like, like, especially like Google does, where now your keywords become very, or, or the type of audience becomes very uh, expensive as, as more and more AI grows? It could. I mean, um, for right now, with the information that we have, we know, you know, a couple things. Facebook ads are getting expensive. So let's just say maybe you're spending, uh, you know, $100. You know, in the past, that $100 will go a lot further in uh, reaching a Facebook audience. So uh, a few years back. So now that same $100, it's Facebook reach maybe cut by 25 or 30%. Just the Facebook ads are getting more and more expensive. I think it was an article put out by The Motley Fool just recently in December, I believe, that you know Facebook ads are starting to become prohibitively expensive. Yeah. You know, I'm there's a big election here in, the, in states that's driving Facebook ad costs. And I think, I mean, in the UK, there was that whole incident with the, uh, the election process with, you know, with Brexit, right? Where that uh, I believe Cambridge Analytica, uh, you know, erroneously used people's people's data, you know, on Facebook, right? So what's Facebook doing to combat that? Uh, they're they're backing off on the um, the third party cookies. So now if you have a cookie, you go to a website and you got the thing that that, that ads that follow you. That's going to start having an effect on how well your return on ad spend is. It's going to make your return on ad spend go you know, go lower. So your, your dollars or pounds is not going as far, you know, as it used to. So what we're saying using AI driven doppelganger marketing, you can look at your data and synthesize, okay, based on this product, based on this geographic location, based on these demographics, based on these behaviors, these products are for this ideal customer and you can prioritize and execute accordingly. 
So when you know your ideal customer, your ideal target, and you've got the snarper-like approach, then your chances of converting them goes up a lot. Sure. So so let's let's say uh, you know um, I've got you 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 you're able to present me with the with the with the data, most accurate data about my customers. Mm -hmm. um, then w where do you right now? As it stands right now, and, and perhaps in the near future as well, where, where do you think right now would be the best strategy to kind of invest in? What, where, what I'm getting with this is now we have so many platforms where we can advertise, we can connect with our audience, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, Correct. Twitter, all of them. And some are more expensive than others. Some are more, you know, um, now apparently Facebook is not for um, our generation. So, sorry, for the younger generation, Instagram is. Yeah. So what do you advise? Where does someone target more of the advertising on which which kind of platform so it's going to depend on your your target audience as you mentioned people our age facebook right so maybe someone in their 30s and older you would advertise on facebook but for the younger generation it's going to be instagram and um I, you know tiktok that's something new right so maybe if your product is geared towards teenagers you'll you know advertise through there and also, uh, I don't know if uh, with WhatsApp, that's uh, that's becoming more popular now for a way to, in, you know, engage with your customers as well as Facebook Messenger yeah. to engage with your customers. So there's no really right or wrong. It's just going to be dependent on where your target audience lies. Sure. And, and someone who's, uh, you know, at the very beginning of their journey in the sense that, you know, the business, they have a niche. So their business mm -hmm. is picking up, they're getting clients, but they haven't focused as much on kind of uh, categorizing their data. What would you say they, they start kind of recording uh, or, or, or take the keynotes down in terms of recording their data? So let's say I have a website um, and what I'm doing is I am, I, I've set up Google ad, ads saying some, anyone looking to buy, you know, blue cars or green cars, um, I want to put 30,000 pounds on it. And anybody searches that, bring my website up. So that's perhaps the most wrong way of doing it. But what would you recommend someone you know, start doing in, to get the best out of AI, to get the best data? So, you know, with that, you know, what you had mentioned there, um, instead of going, you know, in a wild goose chase, you take a look at your data and say, okay, people in the UK tend to buy green cars. So now we can take that, you can advertise on Facebook or now adjust your Google AdWords, you know, green cars in the UK versus green cars stateside. So with that, okay, because you know, based on the data, and people say, oh, okay, can I do, can I do this on my own? Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, okay. But then if I give you, you know, a list, it's like, hey, here's a, here's a list of 2,000 customers. Here's a list of 200,000 customers. Here's a list of 2 million customers. And we're talking about a, you know, green and blue car, but what if you, you're offering, you know, 25 different colors. So now you've got 25 different colors. You and I are talking about green and blue cars. Now, can you tell me in what area, what city, state, country, age group that the green cars are being sold? You know, if you've got 2,000, 200,000 or 2 million customers. So with AI, it can analyze and synthesize that data. And once it's all set up and assuming all the data is correct, within a snap of a finger, it can tell you you know what's going on. Sure. Okay. And there's something else very interesting you mentioned and you, you sorry you wrote about, which was Facebook's kind of broken process and the disconnect between social media marketing analytics. Can you elaborate more on that? Yeah. So uh, Facebook, at the end of the day, 
they want your money, right? I forget what the statistics, yeah. but they, I'm looking here at my, uh, at my notes. They're, they're in the billion dollar, billion dollar range of uh, what they're making month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year. And yeah, there could be, you know, they're on the news and hey, are they going to advertise on, you know, political ads, whether it's here in the States or UK or everywhere. And if you notice, Zuckerberg hasn't stopped that, right? He, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He, he's making a lot of money. So they don't care whether, you know, Jerry Abyog's ads are doing well or Jazzbeer's ads are, are, are doing well. All they know is that a lot of adults are on Facebook. And yeah. that's the probably right now as it stands the most um, the the best way to get a hold of your target audience. And yeah, they they do offer these tools and and all that. They, you can create your customized audience, but at the end of the day, you as a business owner has to take ownership, you know, of your data. What does Facebook is not going to? I mean, that lies. The the responsibility of taking ownership of your data lies with the business owner. Right, and if you don't do that, you're you're putting it in the hands of Facebook. I mean, Facebook—they're starting to. I mentioned it before. There was an article in AdWorld that they're starting to, you know, mitigate. And I think Google is doing this. The Chrome pulling back on the cookies, and that's a big source of how others, you know, when you go to a new website, accept these cookies. They're, that's going to be pulled back. So if you if that's taken away from you, you're, you're kind of going to be powerless. Right, you're not going to have as much power. You're not going to have the this big bang of your buck, you know, for your ad dollars. Oh, so sorry. So cookie meanings. Uh, if you let's say if you're looking for, uh, let's say you're looking for a hair dryer, right? And then you come out of the website, it follows you around, and yep, you know, yep. starts showing your advertising. Got it? Okay. Yeah. So so now it's it's they're planning to uh, give you, give you the option to whether allow cookies to be installed on your website or not. Uh, no, they're going to take the power away. So that's sooner rather than later. Wow. That's not going to be the, that's going to be uh, pulled back. Uh, so now what are you going to do? You want to reach your customers. Facebook's probably the best way to do it. And um, yeah, so you're kind of powerless. Uh, and, and the ad prices are, are going up as well too. Sure. Okay. Now kind of sl slightly touching on, 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 on a bit on the future and as well as, uh, you know, talking about, on the on the consumer side, on the company side, as much as much as 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 a business, you and I would love more data about our customers so we can sell to them. And and at the same time, there's 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 issues being raised about privacy and and things like, you know, whether uh, how much information we should give. So there's a kind of a balance. Yeah, it needs to be a balance. So while I'd love to be presented with options to the most accurate that I want and get the best service and the best company offering that to me. How, how, in your view, how do we kind of make sure that I'm not giving too much to a place, uh, a platform like Facebook. And at the same time, uh, you know, I want the best, I may not know about your company and you might be able to help me right. uh, if I'm looking for a car, for example, but at the same time, I don't want to give you so much that, you know, my budget and that kind of leaves me with no leverage. So yeah, that's a, that's a difficult balance, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, just like with anything, you know, in a relationship, you know, start off slowly. And as you gain more trust, you know, try to get more information. But, in, you know, in reality, in today's day and age, whether um, here in States or you, I mean, we have our smartphone, right? I'm, I'm doing, yeah. we're doing this thing on our, on our smartphones. Any app you use 
in order to be able to use that app, like, do you accept and the, to to accept that they, they've mm. got they've got your data? So, yeah. I, I mean, Amazon, you know, uh, you know, Alexa, uh, all these these movie apps. You you do you order you know delivery service for food. People have data, you know, about you. So, unless you're living under a rock or not using a smartphone, that's the only way to stop from people from getting your data but you know if you got uber that they have your data they have your ride history i mean you're using a bank app they have your data so while yes i understand that hey we're living in a world am i giving away too much information can't really live without it right sure yeah sure. it's a very difficult one to answer it's yeah. not an easy one um to you know how do you find the right balance and at the same time you know if there's I, if I am looking for a car, for example, you know, and I'm generally presented by one or two options, it might be a hundred more that I might not know about. And they might be able to help me a lot better, offer me a better price, a better car, all that kind of good stuff. And I'll be coming towards the end of the show. And, and I wanted to pay, you know, ask you, what's the kind of next five years or the decade hold for AI, especially uh, in, in, in your view? For businesses and for consumers and for... Well, I'm going to be biased here because I'm a co-founder of AI driven startup. But if you take that aside, there was a study put out by Accenture, I believe it was last November in December, that 75% of C-level execs felt that if they don't aggressively deploy AI, they could be out of a job in five years. This is how, you know, massive. I mean, AI, uh, yeah, we're talking about marketing, right? Driving growth for your company, but it could help with identifying high-risk patients in hospitals. You can help with facial recognition with security threats. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of things that can happen now with it being democratized, it's being accessible to more and more people. Even small businesses before it was like the, the Fortune 500, who, you know, was it Watson was the first, IBM Watson uh, was the yeah. first. Uh, but now you've got over 7,000 companies software companies using AI in some form or fashion. In fact, the other day I was on a podcast and the, and obviously this is sales marketing business centric. He asked me about AI and how it could help with the coronavirus, right? And I said, well, I'm yeah. not a doctor, but uh, you know, on a high level, if it can pick up trends, if, you know, more people get tested and we, these are people that are likely to get, you know, Corona or whatever the next pandemic is. Now as a society, we, we know, what to do, how to act, how to, you know, uh, mitigate that, right? So AI in a nutshell is just analyzing gobs and gobs of data to determine the next best course of action. Sure. Whether it's okay. sales or in healthcare. Awesome. Well, we've now come towards the end of the show and well, thank you so much for you, for your uh, sharing your wisdom and knowledge on this. Um, how can people connect with you and, and ask you questions and, uh, you know, get in touch with you? Yeah. So, yeah, so I don't typically do this, but I can give them my uh, my business email. It's sure, uh, yeah. J-E-R-R-Y at standardinsights.io. And for your, uh, or I can find me on LinkedIn. So um, it should be easy to find. Just go to LinkedIn, do a search, Jerry Abiog, Standard Insights. You know, I'll pop up. And then for your listeners, Jazbeer, uh, I'd like to uh, offer them a, you know, a discount. Uh, AI is kind of new. Jazzbeer 10. So if they reach out to me, mention Jazzbeer 10 or mention that um, they heard about me through your show, we'll give them a 10% discount off their subscription. Brilliant. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. Honored to be able to be on your show.
Great, thank you. I hope you got some great value and insights from this episode. If, and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur, then I have some great free resources for you. If you visit www.jazbearaurora.com, that's www.jazbearaurora.com, and drop me a line, I will send you an ebook and also a one hour masterclass. And also um, go and take the Escape the 95 survey. Uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur. And if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss, then yeah, once again, visit the website and I'll be more than happy to help you. Thank you for listening.